0: Welcome back, everyone. This is The Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And our guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Dan Baldwin. We're going to be talking to Dan, who is one of the co-authors of Speaking with Spirits of the Old Southwest, Conversations with Miners, Outlaws, and Pioneers Who Still Roam Ghost Towns, published by our good friends at Llewellyn Worldwide. Dan, first of all, welcome to The Exxon. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, um. Basically, I am a full-time writer. I make my living writing. I uh, do a lot of ghost writing for other people. I have about uh, 50 books with somebody mm-hmm. else's name on the cover. But I'm also a novelist, uh, I also, uh, westerns, uh, thrillers, mysteries, that sort of thing. And I have a small uh, collection of books on the paranormal, and that's uh, how I got started with this book here.
0: Where did your interest in the paranormal come from?
1: Well, I've always been interested in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it was kind of out there, you know, just as a a general interest thing. And about 19 see, about 20 years ago, I just had a an overpowering, I mean literally overpowering urge to uh to look for missing kids. I don't know where that urge came from, but it was literally overwhelming. And at the time, you know, I'm I'm not a cop, I'm not a private detective, I'm not a trained investigator. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I didn't know exactly how to go about doing that, so I thought, uh, well, I'll try this psychic thing. And I started experimenting with different psychic techniques, you know, uh, tarot cards, looking at crystal balls and things like that. And one day I came across a uh, lady who was working the pendulum, and I said, you know, I can do that. And I started working the pendulum, and I have been at it ever since.
0: Um, What are your goals in your paranormal work?
1: My goals right now are... uh, To be to continue to be a student, my uh, my uh, co-authors and I, uh, Dwight and Rhonda Hull, are students of the paranormal. Uh, We don't go out and uh, like a lot of people collect EVPs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We actually go out and try to communicate with the spirits, especially in the Southwest. The three of us are are history buffs, right? And uh, you know we're trying to learn all the history of the Southwest, literally from the people who live there. So you know we're students. Tell me That's about my goal to keep learning.
0: Okay, tell me about your book, "Speaking with Spirits of the Old Southwest."
1: It is a collection of uh, individual chapters in which we go to different locations around, primarily Arizona and New Mexico. Right now, this mm-hmm. is book one, and we uh, we seek out historic sites. Many of them places that uh, are extremely important, but that people really don't uh, aren't aren't that familiar with. And we go there, and uh, we'll investigate the site. We'll do our paranormal work, and then in the chapter, I try to try to provide three things for the reader. One is a uh, recitation of the actual work, the paranormal work. I'll transcribe our actual dialogue, and we also have, uh, when we get an EVP, we will have that in the chapter, and the reader can actually log on to his or her computer or mobile device to our website, and you can actually hear the EVP captured in that chapter. But also in that chapter, we have the history of the location, you know, about a page or two, so Mm -hmm. people get a feel for what it was like back in the day. And we also tell a little bit about our adventures getting in and out of the location.
0: So basically, would you consider yourself as more of a history buff than a paranormal investigator or 50-50?
1: I would say probably 60-40 paranormal investigator. The three of us are are, are definitely history buffs, mm-hmm. but the uh, the paranormal kind of takes precedence.
0: Why do you think that? Oh, but, spi- why do you think I'm the spirits?
1: We, we try to combine the two.
0: Why do you think the spirits have stuck around after all these years?
1: I think there are many different reasons. I think once you cross over, uh, and this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. I think you have options. You have a lot of options, and some of those options are to uh, come back over. We've encountered spirits who have come back simply because they've they, they come back to a place that they've enjoyed.
0: But why would they come they're, back? Why would they come back if they have the opportunity of staying on the other side with their loved ones?
1: Well, often uh, their loved ones are, are back over here with them. And again, that's, uh, that's another thing we're trying to explore, what really goes on on the other side. Mm-hmm. But we've encountered a number of people who have, uh, have particularly pleasant lives or very happy lives, On this side, they've crossed over, and they've come back to relive those happy moments. Apparently, that's a choice that you have on the other side.
0: Tell me about uh, some of the people that you've met in spirit form.
1: Well, a good example of what we were just discussing, uh, we went to a ranch, uh, 96 Ranch is what it's called. It's in a place out here in Arizona called the 96 Hills, beautiful mountainous area, and we went there and... uh, we did our session, and we encountered the spirit of a young man who uh, died over in World War II. He was a Marine. He died over in the Pacific.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you uh, know a typical horrible death, you know, blown up on the, on the beaches of Saipan or someplace like that. And he had decided to come back. Uh, after he crossed over, he decided to come back to the 96 ranks to the time, uh, the night in which he was married. So he came back. There was uh, a party going on. He had just married his wife. He was with his friends and his family, and they were having a big, big barn dance, and that's what he came back to. What? That was a real, in- real interesting uh, encounter there.
0: So, how do you communicate with these spirits to get this information?
1: It's, uh, it's extremely simple. You communicate with them just like you and I are communicating. You come in, you sit down, and you ask questions. One of the things that you'll find about us in our book is that we are extremely non-confrontational. In other words, when you're going into uh, someone's house or a place like the 96 Ranch, you're going into where people work for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to you want people to talk to you. So you act with the spirits just as you would with a person who was here in the present. You know, you're polite, you're respectful, and you're courteous.
0: Wow. And and do you hear this voice from the spirit in your inner ear, is it a psychic, impre- a psychic impression? How do you hear the message or hear the conversation?
1: It is all of the above. Um, sometimes you will actually hear the, uh, you'll, hear, you'll hear physical voices you know, with, your, with your ear. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, again, at the 96 Ranch, we heard somebody walking by with spurs, and you actually had the Doppler effect. You could hear them coming up, approaching us, and walking away. And then sometimes we'll go back and you know, we'll have a recorder's going, and you'll find uh, you'll find voices that you did not physically hear, but that are recorded. Now, in our communication, we have different skills. Dwight and Rhonda are intuitives; they can literally sense and, in some cases, uh, actually see spirits. Uh, I don't have that ability. I'm a pendulum dowser. So we combine all of our skills, and that's how we communicate. Uh, any one of us can ask a question, and with my dowsing, I can get a uh, a confirmation, a yes or a no, or a confirmation of uh, what was just asked, so we can actually carry on conversations. We don't have to ask a question, then drive back to the house and listen to the recording to find out whether or not we got an answer. We can get you know, responses immediately.
0: But how do you know you're actually talking to a spirit, and there's and, and psychic phenomena isn't in play at this point, that it's... You know the uh, uh, it's the effect where the mind actually wants to to participate in something that that the person truly believes in. How do you know you're actually talking to somebody from the other side? How do you validate this information?
1: You validate it exactly like you and I are conversing. Right no, no,
0: now. no, 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 no. I mean, how do you vet it? For example, uh, you say you get this information from a, a marine who died in the Pacific. How, how do you, how do you validate this, or do you just take it on faith that the information that you're purportedly getting is accurate?
1: In some cases, you actually you do take it on faith. In other cases, uh, like I said, when you have re- recorded voices, when you have EVPs, you have actual validation that is that is physical. You have a physical recording.
0: Yeah, but are you, also,
1: e- uh, yeah, you have a you know, you'll have a conversation, you'll ask a question, you'll get an answer. And the answer will relate to the question.
0: But who are you getting the answer from? This is my point. Are you getting it from one of the three of you subconsciously, or are you actually getting it from a disembodied uh, spirit?
1: Yeah. The, well, neither one of the three of us can actually create a sound that's, uh, you know, that, that's nonverbal. I mean, we can't create an EVP.
0: But EVPs so aren't... that's got
1: to come from someplace. So it's it's not the radio. It's not somebody driving by with the, the windows down playing the radio. It's coming from somewhere. And that, that somewhere has to be, uh, you know, the voice of a spirit.
0: I'm not sold on EVPs. As, as an audio engineer and an audio professional, I've listened to so-called EVPs, and I can't make heads or tails out of them.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things you'll find in our book... Um, a lot of times you'll get an EVP that sounds like gibberish, mm-hmm. or it could, you, could, you know, I could hear one thing and you could hear something else, right. and someone else would hear something else yeah. entirely. Uh, the only EVPs we use in the book are very clear uh, responses. You know, there's no doubt that it's that someone is speaking.
0: Gotcha. All right, and stand that by. We
1: neither Dwight, Rhonda, nor I.
0: All right, stand by. We've got to take our first break. Exon Nation. Okay. Our guest this hour is Dan Baldwin. And the website is www.believeparanormal.com. That's www.believe. then that's B E E, leaveparanormal.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the XO from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. <music> Dan Baldwin is our guest. He is one of the authors of Speaking with, the S- Speaking with Spirits of the Old West, Conversations with Miners, Outlaws, and Pioneers Who Still Roam Ghost Towns. The website is B-E-E-L-I-E-V-E Paranormal.com or BelieveParanormal.com. Um, okay, so tell me how, how, how did the three of you get together?
1: Again, luck of the draw, uh, I was working cases looking for missing children, and yeah. uh, Rhonda was also working with the, with the group at the same time. And uh, I was running a particular case over a missing person, back, uh, a cold case, back over in New Mexico, and Rhonda was on my, my sub-team of the group. And we kind of got to know each other through email and uh, you know telephone conversation, working that particular case. And they live in oh, southern Arizona, a couple hours' drive from where I live up here in the Phoenix area. And we just decided one day, let's all all get together and, you know, discuss history and Arizona and things like that. And we met, and we discovered, you know, in addition to our, uh, you know, paranormal Mm -hmm. uh, abilities that we were using together, we were all fascinated, uh, Dwight, Rhonda, and I, with the history of the the Old West. And somewhere in the conversation, you know, the light bulb went off. We said, hey, why don't we try to combine our skills? You know, your pendulum dowsing our intuitive abilities, and mm-hmm. see if we can make contact with spirits. And let's just see what what happens. And so we conducted a, an experiment over at a place called the uh, Cortland Jailhouse. And uh, we had an experience there, and it, uh, we discovered, yeah, this stuff works. And so we started uh, doing that together. And somewhere along the line, another you know another light bulb went mm-hmm. off. And why don't we write this and put it up in a book?
0: Um, how do you how do you decide which historical site you're going to to in, investigate and visit?
1: Well, it's not a very complex process. It's just a matter of uh, hey why don't we go to uh, to Cortland this afternoon mm-hmm. and check that out or why don't we go to uh, why don't we go to Fairbank this afternoon and check that out? Just inter- some places that that look interesting that we've heard about and that we'd like to go to. I mean there's no scientific principle involved in selecting the mm-hmm. site.
0: So so when you go to these these uh, these sites, have they already received, um, or are they already known for their haunted behavior, or their haunted uh, visitations Some are, and uh, spirits? There's a
1: place we went to called the Brucknell Cabin, which is right off the road outside of Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the, the bloodiest ground in Arizona. It's been visited by a couple of paranormal investigators, I believe, but there are 21 known deaths, violent deaths, associated with that one site. So that was a natural for us to go to.
0: Why do you think people are interested in in ghosts and spirits in the year of 2018?
1: Why are people interested? I think it's just something we grow up with. You know, As kids, we're, we're all fascinated with ghosts. as Halloween, and then as we grow up, we either are attracted to it or we're repelled by it. And in our case, we're we're attracted by it because we want to know really what's going on. And I think everybody has a fascination with what happens after you, you know, once you die.
0: So what have you discovered so far about the afterlife?
1: Well, so far we've discovered uh, what I said earlier primarily is that you have options mm-hmm. once you cross over. Now, uh, we are... Yeah, you know, part of what we're doing now is we're beginning to explore that that particular area. We haven't—I can't say that we're experts, it. we've got a lot of information, but we're beginning to explore. You know what does happen once you cross over, and the, apparently, uh, again, there are options. And I, you know, fascinated by you know what those options might be. Clearly, some of them are to come back.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, how many how many of these places have you and? Uh and your two other co-authors, um, Dwight and Rhonda Hull, visited?
1: Oh, Lord, uh, probably somewhere between 35 and 50 so far. Maybe I haven't really done a head yeah. count.
0: And how many spirits have you spoken to?
1: I would say uh, probably out of all our visitations, we mm-hmm. probably get a, get some kind of experience. I would say probably 90, 95% of the time, virtually every time we go out. And every once in a while we do strike out, I, you know, Nobody's a hundred percent.
0: What do the uh, what do the, the spirits that you're able to communicate with, what do they talk about?
1: Depends on what we ask them about. Uh, usually we ask them about, you know, what was your life like? Did you enjoy living here? Uh, did you know, you know, did you know Wyatt Earp? Did you know Doc Holliday? that sort of thing? And they talk about what their life is about. And sometimes we we try to ask, you know, why are you back here? Mm-hmm. Why did you come back? You know, you're on the other side. Obviously, there's something going on over there. Why did you come back here? And the answer to that is always, uh, I like it here.
0: So they don't offer up any information.
1: Not a lot. But then again, we haven't explored that, that area very very uh, in depth. We are going to, but primarily so far, we've we've discussed, you know, the uh, history of the Old West, mm-hmm. what it was like, you know, why did you like it, uh what did you enjoy about being here what did you not like about being here what was what was it like
0: do they identify themselves
1: generally they do yeah and most of the cases uh you know you hear about people saying that uh, you know you always talk to somebody famous but in in our cases our case mostly you, you meet just folks mm-hmm. you know you meet a cowboy or you meet uh, we met mary the woman who ran a boarding house uh you know, miners workers just folks
0: Have you ever met someone who you could actually try to trick them into into seeing if they were telling you the truth, or if they, on the other side, also have the ability to bend the truth?
1: Oh, I firmly believe, and this is just my belief, but I Mm -hmm. think if you're a liar on this side, uh, you can be a liar on that side. I'm not uh, not one of those that believe that once you die and cross over, your uh, intelligence is automatically upgraded. Or that your spiritual ability is automatically upgraded. I think a lot of things happen. I think a lot of people cross over and, uh, you know, they're elevated in their spirituality. I think a lot of people cross over and they remain pretty much the same.
0: But my... my if you're my, a jerk my,
1: here, you're going to be a jerk on the other but side. But
0: that, my, my question was, how do you know that the person or the spirit that you're talking to is telling you the truth?
1: Generally, uh, the same way you would if uh you and I were talking you know i, I just trust your words and you have to trust my words I don't we try... don't try to trick yeah we don't try to trick the spirits
0: See, i don't, i don't it's... trust anybody i'm a journalist my yeah. job my job is to go after the truth go after the truth in a story to validate to vet so i w- i you know like i would i i i i find it hard to believe that Everything is taken at face value, because what you're doing is you're putting, you're pinning your name to to what these, and I'm using air quotations here, what these spirits are telling you. Yeah. But what happens if somebody reads your book, is able to identify the spirit, and say, you know what, that can't be that spirit, because A, B, C, D, E, F, G.
1: I would like to hear from that. I would like to hear from that person. Uh, again, generally, uh, we've researched the history mm-hmm. of the area, so we can tell if the Spirit is you know, telling the truth about what it was like at a gotcha. particular time. And about maybe we'll ask about, did you like such-and-such, such, or did you like so-and-so? And they can say, yeah, he was a jerk, and right. so we know they're telling the truth.
0: And how often does that happen?
1: How often does that happen?
0: Yeah, how often do you catch uh, a Spirit in a fallacy?
1: Oh that I really couldn't say if somebody's lying to us uh, I, you know I can't say exactly that they're they're telling the truth or they're telling a lie. I'm just uh, reporting what's what they are saying
0: okay um, in your opinion, what has been the most haunted place that you have done one of these investigations at?
1: The most haunted place mm-hmm. probably would be uh, you talking in number of spirits or the number of uh, events.
0: Let's take both of them. Let's take the number okay. of spirits first.
1: Well, the number of spirits that uh, would have to be the Brucknell cabin just because of the number of spirits that, you know, that a uh, number of people who were killed there. That's now, the, we've encountered a couple of people there. Uh,
0: and that's the place where, of, where there were 20... In terms
1: of haunted activity, I would have to say the Buford House in in, uh, in Tombstone, which is the most haunted house in Tombstone. We've had a lot of activity there. There are a number of uh, young children who died there uh see Georgie, Eva, and there was one other, and I can't remember his name. There were three children who died there at a young age, and we've had a lot of encounters with them.
0: Wow. What kind of activity uh, do you have in these locations, especially the last one, the Buford House?
1: Uh, In the Buford House, uh, we have encountered, uh, we've got recordings of voices. Uh, For example, my my co-author Rhonda had her Mm -hmm. name called out, recorded on an EVP. Uh, I've had I've spent the night there before and put out little toys and I've had the toys moved around at night. Have you uh, actually have, you, know, have yeah. you
0: have you actually seen these toys move?
1: I haven't seen them move, but I've seen them when they have oh, been moved, you. and there was no way for anybody to move them.
0: Wow, how do other you, than, you know, how do other
1: you, than a spirit to have moved it? Because I was the only one there, and I didn't move it.
0: But if you can't see a spirit, there's no substance to a spirit. There's no mass to a spirit. How can they move something?
1: That's beyond me. that's beyond my pay grade. It just uh, it happens uh, again, uh, we're theorizing here, mm-hmm. but you know a, sp- a spirit would have to be energy, energy can have some kind of inter- interaction.
0: Well, lightning is energy and yeah. but you see energy, you see lightning lightning has mass. Okay, we've, all I
1: can tell you is, you know, uh, you put the ball over here, you wake up in the morning, and it's, it's over, over there, there, and there's no way you could roll by itself. Gotcha. You're, you're walking through the house, and you you hear your name being called. There's nobody there. That has to be a spirit.
0: All right, you and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. So, Nation, Dan Baldwin, is our guest. He is one of the co-authors of Speaking with Spirits of the Old Southwest. Conversations with miners, outlaws, and pioneers who still roam ghost towns. Their website is BelieveParanormal.com, and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio, and don't forget the Exxon Channel on Simul TV. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the X Zone Broadcast Network. www.xzbn.net. ABS Media.
2: Power. You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is. But you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. Fifteen exclusive channels like Exxon, fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. Five hundred built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Dan Baldwin and I are talking about a book that he co authored with uh, Dwight and Rhonda Hall entitled Speaking with Spirits of the Old West Conver- uh, Conversations with Miners, Outlaws, and Pioneers Who Still Roam Ghost Towns. How, how you know, is, is communicating with a child who is a ghost different than communicating with a, an adult who is a ghost? Who is a ghost, I should say? Not really,
1: because you're, you're really just dealing with people who no longer have, have bodies. You're dealing with a child who is still a child.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're dealing with an adult who is still an adult. So, you know, you talk to people as if you would talk to, to people.
0: What, do the memories differ from a child to uh, to an adult, or because they're in spirit, everything is on the same uh, playing ground?
1: From what we've encountered with the children, they remain children. Uh, we've encountered children at the uh, the Buford House, and they are still right. children at you know at the age at which they pass. Uh, we enchan- encountered uh, a little girl out at a place at, called Gleason, a ghost town called Gleason. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of a little angel for the miners out there. They would come off work, and she would run up and play with them. She was kind of a, the adopted little angel of the crowd. And we've encountered her, and uh, she is, she's still a, a little girl. And when we encounter adults, they are at the age at which they passed.
0: Do they ever ask you what happened to them? Like, do they ever ask you, well, you know, how come I can't remember past such and such a date or such and such a time? Do they ever
1: no, that ask you. I'm sorry, go ahead. Do they ever
0: ask you about the future?
1: No, but that does bring up something interesting. We just touched on it uh, recently, and we're, we're going to try to explore. But we were talking to someone at a ghost town called Sasco. It's an old milling town, turn mm-hmm. of the century, the last century. And we were talking with the spirit, and she told us that she could come back to uh, any of her past lives. She had several past lives, so this might tie in with people who believe in reincarnation. She could go to any one of the past lives that she wanted to at any time she wanted to, up until the last life, but she could not go beyond uh, her life at that, at that stage. Now, she could come up with us, but she could not go into the future beyond us, which we found out was fascinating.
0: Do other do what what is the common thread when it comes to the the spirits that that stay behind compared to the peer, spirits that go is it just that they want to stay around or is there more to it?
1: Uh from what we've gathered so far they just they they've had pleasant experiences mm. and they want to come back and relive those pleasant experiences. And uh you know some of our really dramatic experiences is just uh you know I had a pleasant life here I enjoyed living in Arizona it was beautiful and I just come back here.
0: Have you or your two co-authors at any time ever seen the manifestation of a spirit?
1: I haven't. Now, Dwight and Rhonda, especially Rhonda, can, can see spirits. Uh, that's a skill I do not have. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I was asking, I, I did not mean, uh, you know, in the psychic sense, but I mean physical manifestation. Oh, yeah, manifestation. Uh,
1: definitely. Dwight has seen, uh, I know for a fact Dwight was telling me the other day about a, a full Flesh. It looked like full flesh and bloody encounter he, encountered he oh. had with a, with a man. He said you could not tell that he was not. Uh, you could not tell that he was a spirit. How he does? Said, that... But uh, he he met him in a, in in a house. Mm-hmm. The man walked into a room. He walked. Dwight walked in behind the man, and the man wasn't there. There was no place for the man to leave the house. No window, no door. He just disappeared.
0: Any idea on how this happens or why it happens? I have no idea. During the investigations that you do with uh, Dwight and Rhonda, have you ever come across a member of the clergy in spirit?
1: Not that we know of, no. That's that's an interesting question. We might try to find uh, I would like to do that. That's a good idea. We'll make a note of doing that.
0: Why do you think you've been able to contact minors, you've been able to contact children, you've been able to contact uh, outlaws and pioneers, but no member of the clergy?
1: Um, really, we just haven't encountered, I mean, oh. haven't encountered a member of the clergy. Uh, we've run into, like I said, different mm-hmm. people at different places at different times. We haven't done a a session at a church gotcha. or at a religious facility yet. Maybe that's it.
0: Well, wouldn't clergy... But, you is know, also- if you go to a mining
1: town, you're going to encounter miners and uh, people like that.
0: Sure. Um,
1: that's a good idea. we have have to write
0: that down. That, that's 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 good thank you don't don't thank me it's already been done a couple of times um when it comes to the you know contacting spirits you know you've you've talked about the miners. you've talked to the children and into the, the children really get to me as a parent and a grandfather hmm? do you ever come across animals like if people have spirits what about the dogs the horses the cattle
1: Yes, in fact, uh, that is going to be a subject we will be investigating uh, in this coming year. We have encountered uh, a couple of animals. One, we were at a place called uh, uh, a ghost town, and mm-hmm. it's barely a ghost town now, called Adamsville, not too far from here. And we came across a, uh, you know, a very nice, very well tended grave, and it turned out it was the grave of a German shepherd. And Dwight was able to make uh, contact with, uh, with that dog's spirit.
0: What did the dog have to say?
1: just he was uh he was a happy happy dog enjoyed his life
0: how about it native... that
1: that's, that's an idea we we decided uh, recently to explore a little bit more because everybody uh-huh. has pets and everybody loves pets and they're they're wondering you know will i have my pet when i cross over and that sort of thing so that's yeah. an area we want to uh, explore some more
0: what about native americans have you come across native americans in your spirit uh, travels
1: yeah we've come across uh, some apaches uh In fact, Dwight and Rhonda had an EVP where they recorded uh, a language they could not understand, and they were playing it at a restaurant, Mm -hmm. and an Apache came up and said, That's Apache. They're speaking Apache. Uh, We went to a place uh, called the Presidio out here in southern Arizona. It's a Spanish fort that was built back in the 1700s. And uh, we went there fully expecting to encounter uh, Spaniards or perhaps Apache warriors. And believe it or not, we encountered uh, what I would call uh, Neanderthal or Cro-Magnon people. I'm sorry, Cro-Magnon people. People from the Stone Age.
2: Hmm.
1: Way back in the Stone Age.
0: Have you ever had what some people might uh, classify as a hostile encounter?
1: Never. In, in all our work, we've never encountered anything that I would consider hostile. Mm-hmm. And the only, uh, what we call the get-out moment, was when we were way deep in a, in a way well-abandoned mine. And the spirit there was, I think, trying to tell us just, this is a dangerous place, you need to get out of here pretty quickly. It wasn't a hostile act at all, it was kind of a warning. Other than that, uh, no, we've run into, I would say, grubby spirits or unhappy people, but mm-hmm. never, never hostility.
0: Okay, grubby or unhappy people, why don't they just go back to the other side then?
1: I think some people uh, come across here and they, they, uh, their life was being grubby and grumpy.
0: So that's they what would. They
1: enjoyed. So they they come back here to, to to be a pain in the butt to somebody else.
0: I know that. feeling. Yeah, that's
1: my speculation, though
0: right, right.
1: You know, I have I've yet to cross over, so I can't be definitive on a lot of this.
0: So when do you do your investigations? Do you do them during the day or at night or at both times?
1: Primarily during the day. Uh, if it, if it's a nighttime investigation, mm. it just happens to be nighttime when we get to the location we're going to. I would say. Ninety-five percent of the work we do is during the daytime. Again, that's when people are most most active in their lives is during the daytime. That's when you're most likely going to encounter people when they're out and about. So, but should... that, that, you know, there's there's no uh, there's no edge if you go out at night versus if you go out during the daytime.
0: So spirits don't sleep.
1: Not that I know of.
0: Gotcha. How long do the, your investigations last when you, Rhonda, and Dwight go out to uh, to a location?
1: Uh, I would say relatively short. Uh, we can sit at a location and within an hour do a, a pretty complete session. Really? Yeah.
0: Now, what what prep? Again, were...
1: it's a conversation, and you, you know, you're meeting a stranger, and it's mm-hmm. a very challenging way to to, to converse. Uh, so that you know, the conversation is often extremely limited. So we could do a site. Half an hour to an hour.
0: Why is the conversation limited?
1: Uh, apparently, it's extremely challenging for a spirit to actual, actually make contact on this side. If, why, I don't know, because our, our responses are different. Sometimes you get a, a very loud, good, solid EVP. You get a good emotional contact. And sometimes you get uh, you know, faint and weak contact.
0: Besides EVPs, what kind of evidence do you have that there actually is something on the other side or someone on the other side?
1: Well, uh, I would say one, the EVPs, but also you'll, and you'll have to trust me on this, is just that uh, our experience out there, we've had uh, uh, just a feeling that uh, we're talking with someone who is legitimate, someone Mm -hmm. who is not one of the three of us, right? and and often you get a, uh, a an emotional charge out of it. And by that, I mean you can feel the emotion of the person involved. And that's, now, that doesn't come from any one of the three of us.
0: Have you ever met any famous lawmen?
1: Famous lawmen? No, we've met a uh, famous outlaw.
0: But no famous lawmen? Not yet. Hmm. you might... and The
1: reason we met the famous, uh, the famous outlaw, we, it was John Ringo. We went to John Ringo's grave just to... Uh, because Ringo is one of Dwight's heroes. So we went out to his gravesite and, and actually made contact.
0: Why would he be hanging around his gravesite?
1: Uh, you'd have to ask John. I don't know.
0: I was asking you. Weren't you there?
1: Yeah, but I, I didn't ask him oh, why I he see. was there. I'm, my assumption is uh, it's a very beautiful place, and it was next door to a house where he had, uh, he had very good friends.
0: Okay, uh, so, all right, so it wasn't in the middle of yes, a group probably comfortable
1: like that. in that
0: spot. Gotcha. All right, you and I have to take our final break, and Exxon okay. Nation, Dan and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Now, if you'd like to find out about the programming, we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Uh, Broadcast Network, visit www.xzbn.net and to find out about the the programming that we have on our TV channel on Simultv, visit www.simultv.com We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
1: WilliamSPeckham.com.
0: All right, Exonation, if you'd like to read the online edition of the X Chronicles newspaper with our compliments, visit www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Dwight Baldwin is our guest to the Sour Exxonation. We're talking about the book that Dwight—I'm uh, sorry—that uh, Dan wrote with Dwight and Rhonda Hull. The book is entitled Speaking with Spirits of the Old West, Conversations with Miners, Outlaws, and Pioneers Who Still Roam Ghost Towns. Tell me about dowsing. Um, how does it work?
1: Okay, well, uh, your, your your viewers and listeners are probably familiar with the old guy with the uh, the Y shaped witching stick yeah. looking for water or gold right. out in the desert. Yeah, uh, it's the same principle, except that I use a weight on a string, and I uh, hold the string out in the air. Mm-hmm. And when it swings to the right, that would be a yes. When it swings to the left, that would be a no. And if if it swings backwards and forward, you need to uh, either you know, restate the question, or the spirit doesn't want to answer that question.
0: How does dowsing work?
1: Uh, uh, gross oversimplification, but basically, you hold the you hold the pendulum in your hand, and that occupies your conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Once your conscious mind is occupied looking at, the, at the, the weight, that frees up your subconscious mind to be in contact with the, with a higher power. So you ask the question, the higher power provides the answer. Through the subconscious, the subconscious uh, actually controls the muscles in your hand, which makes the pendulum uh, swing left or right.
0: So am I to understand that it's the person holding the string who actually um, directs the pendulum?
1: Well, the muscles in your hands control the movement.
2: Uh And
1: if you're you're focused Mm -hmm. and you're completely open, your subconscious mind will actually direct the movement. Uh, if, if you're, yeah, you know, if you're thinking about the answer that you want to get, uh, your conscious mind will control it. So the trick is to be wide open and completely focused, so that your subconscious actually controls the movement. But the spirit doesn't move it. Uh, the higher power doesn't move it. It's a physical action.
0: Okay, it's a physical. It's a physical action. Yes, yeah,
1: yeah, physical reaction in response to a what you would call a, I guess, a supernatural event.
0: All right, but it's the. Person who's holding the the string, who actually does the physical event, yes, not yes, okay. Exactly. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes, your fingers
1: control the movement.
0: Should people be weary of entering a haunted house?
1: Um, would depend on the haunting house, and the reason I say that, if it's an old, dilapidated structure, you would need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of being a, uh, feared of spirits or something, I would say no. Like I said, we've never had a negative encounter. Right. We've what, never been attacked or, you know, scared or anything like that.
0: But what about these, uh, these groups who actually torment and are very disrespectful towards these entities, and if they are there, are indeed, you know, human spirits? And, and how do the spirits feel about being a tourist attraction?
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think uh, in terms of paranormal investigation, a lot of it is you get what you ask for. Mm-hmm. In other words, if, if I was to walk into your house and start challenging you and start calling you out and demanding that you provide answers to, for me and that you give me answers to your know, personal questions, you know, how would you respond? You would respond. You know, you'd be hostile. Or you would just clam up and not say anything.
0: No, well, I'd say, get the okay. hell out of my house now.
1: Yeah, okay, exactly, yeah. Right? Get out. Uh, so if, if you go into a place expecting to be frightened, I think mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're going to hear something and you're going to be frightened. We go in with respect and courtesy and openness, and we expect that in return, and uh, you know that's what we get back.
0: Hypothetically here, Dan, what happens when proof of the afterlife is, is acquired and there's no more if, ands, or but? What happens to paranormal investigations at that time?
1: Well, that's it exactly. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. Once you have your first EVP or your, or your first really emotional encounter where you know you've had mm-hmm. contact with, with a spirit, you have all the proof in the world that there is life after death. The question then is, what do you do with that? Where do you take it? Right. Yeah, in our case, we take it into, uh, we're studying history. We're trying to learn more about uh, the history of the past, and we're also trying to learn about uh, the history of the people. And we're also beginning to learn about you know what happens in the transition and after the transition from life from death to life life to death to, to whatever.
0: But how does that so the help? The
1: question is, what do you do? You have the information. You, you know, with the first EVP, you've got your proof. Well, that, you that, do you do well, that's
0: it? that's really that's your proof. But I mean, proof that will be accepted by one and all.
1: Uh, I don't care. I have my proof, and that's that's all I need. I've, I've got it. I've been there. I've seen it. I've done it. That's all the proof I need. I'm I'm not in the missionary uh, missionary field.
0: But you're writing books about it,
1: right? And you can believe the book, or you can not believe the book, or you can check out the uh, check us out.
0: Yeah, but but you what can I the EPs
1: and listen to them for yourself and make up your own mind.
0: What and what I'm trying to get across here is that yeah, what happens next. You know, how does it, you know, you're, you're, I can understand your love for, for history, and I admire that, but how does communicating with spirits or ghosts help you with your historical quest?
1: Again, it helps us uh, with our historical quest because we can ask questions of people who were there at the time. So we get, you know, we get answers from, about history from the people who lived the history. And also, like I said, the, uh, the other area we're moving into mm-hmm. is what happens when you cross over. We'll be getting information from people who have crossed over.
0: With all the, all the paranormal groups that are out there, I believe in Southern California alone there's over 1,500. Hey. Yeah. How come nobody's come up with a smoking gun yet?
1: Uh, define a smoking gun.
0: Proof positive. Proof, well, that, again, proof that the masses would accept, that science oh, will accept, that skeptics will accept.
1: Um, I can't answer that. All I can tell you is that uh, I have experienced it, mm-hmm. I have all the proof that I need, and uh, you can accept it, accept what I say or accept what we say or not.
0: So it's more of a personal quest. It is with me. Okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah, if, if, if science wants to experiment, they can. They can do all they want. And they should.
0: Hmm. I mean, just but, you
1: know, once you like, like I said, once you've had your your personal experience, you know for a fact what you've experienced. So uh, then you take that and run with it. And, and we're running again towards a history, and we're running towards finding out what happens when you cross over. Yeah, we don't just collect EVPs and put them on the shelf and say, "Look at, look at, we got another great EVP this right. week." Yeah.
0: So, with all the investigations that you and your co-authors have done putting this book together, Mm -hmm. are you any further ahead when it comes to what happens after you pass? Are you any further ahead in any part of your own quest when it comes to the investigation of the paranormal?
1: Further ahead? Well all I can say is uh, we learn a little bit more every year. Mm-hmm. Every every investigation adds to the to the uh, trove of knowledge. Right. And we're still we're still questing.
0: If somebody wants to I'd like
1: to say he started out with uh, with five questions 34 years ago and today we're up to like 512 questions.
0: For anyone listening who is who is interested in becoming a paranormal investigator, what are what are your, what are your dos and don'ts that you'd like to share with them? based on your knowledge? Uh,
1: The big do would be to uh, keep an open mind. Mm -hmm. If you're going to uh, investigate a paranormal site, be open, be friendly, be aware that you're talking to just, uh, you're talking to people who just don't happen to have bodies. You're still talking to people. You should show courtesy, respect, and openness. Uh, I would say don't go in with expectations. Go in with an open mind. Don't go in uh, expecting confrontation. Don't rely too much on equipment. Rely more on your intuitive abilities.
0: When it comes to equipment, what equipment should a paranormal investigator take with them when they're, when they're going on a case or investigating First, a historic site? Yeah, yeah.
1: Paramount would be a, a, an open mind and a willingness to, to learn and right. to experience. Um, we use the pendulum, which is, which is just a tool, right? and uh, we use recorders, sound recorders. That's all we use. You know, there, there's lots of equipment that you can buy out there, but we kind of shy away from that because uh, I, I think you tend to, if you've got a lot of equipment, you tend to focus on the equipment rather than the uh, the, the challenge at hand. What so we you keep it as simple as possible.
0: We've got about a minute left, uh, Dan. Yeah. What are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight?
1: Final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, other than buy my book, uh, <laughs> I would say uh, keep that. it. Keep...
0: That was a Keep shameless open, plug. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> yeah, I'm here.
1: Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. No, I would say uh, there is life after death, and it's uh-huh. something that's uh, worth exploring. It's something uh, worth looking at. It's something worth believing in. It's something to not not necessarily to fear. And get out there and uh, study and learn. The more you learn, the better off you're going to be.
0: Let our listeners know how they can find uh, you more about you and Rhonda and Dwight and where they can get a copy of your book.
1: Yeah, you can get a copy of the book from uh, Llewellyn Worldwide. You can get it from Amazon. You can get it from Barnes & Noble. You can get it through Walmart. Wherever you buy your books, you can get it. It's an e-book and paperback. And you can contact the three of us through the, the Believe Paranormal website.
0: All right, uh, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank and you. Great interview. Thank you, sir. Exo Nation, uh, Dan Baldwin has been my guest. Once again, the website is www.believe. Uh, paranormal Believer. Believe Paranormal. Wait a minute. Where did it go? I j- Craig, Believe you- Paranormal. Thank you. My producer took with, it down with two e's. It. All right. Thanks, Dan. Take care of yourself. And uh, you we'll should. be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, for all the programming on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And we're coming to you around the world tonight on... The Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio, and the Exxon Channel, exclusively on Simultv.com.